I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She... <laughs> How do I put this? Isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's episode of Where's Your Head At, we are lucky to have Hayley Michelle Andrews and her partner Sam join us to talk all things relationships, passion, pleasure and porn. Hayley is a feminine empowerment coach who shares her wisdom through her followers and is an advocate for self-love and self-discovery. We are excited to hear what advice Hayley and Sam have for us when it comes to watching porn in relationships. Stay tuned to hear how you can rev up your engines in your sex life. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. All right, guys. Thanks for coming. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Thank you so much. So excited. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. I told you before... I actually stumbled across your Instagram, Haley, and oh my God, it was just so unique. Like your content is so individual. It just really drew me in and I immediately followed you, but then I was just so interested in what both of you were posting. I saw that you are a divine, feminine, sacred sensuality embodiment coach, which is just number one, it's a very long, <laughs> a very long title, but super interesting. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the feminine embodiment is all about, to me, is finding our fullness and our safety in our sexuality, in our sensuality. It's about coming back into that feminine space of magnetism, Mm. of creating a life through being, through really just I guess, tapping into all these spaces that we've lost along the way and to reclaiming our power, to reclaiming our sensuality and our sexuality. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it's a long title because it is a forever expanding mission. Mm. (laughs) There is so much to delve into. Because you're a lot of women. I am a lot of women. (laughs) You need a big title. I need a big title. So, yeah, there's a lot to it. (laughs) And, Sam, you are a breathwork tantric facilitator empowerment coach. Can you just give us kind of like a brief overview of what that means? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I think as soon as people hear this word tantra, they instantly think about sex. Yeah. And whereas like tantra for me is it's about seeing the divine and everything, almost seeing like God in everything in each other and ourselves and our environment. And so much of my journey has been a mixture of delving deep into the science of things and then deep into the spirituality. And so I've, I've traveled the world. I spent eight years traveling around the world. I spent 40 days in the desert in Egypt doing a tantric shamanic initiation. And it's, it's all about energy management. You know, it's all about knowing our energy and harnessing our energy and understanding that energy, like sexual energy is it's energy, but it's just condensed intense energy and how we can use that energy. Because for me, it's like, I've always had so much but it's like, how, how can I then channel that energy and use it? Not, not just for sex, but, you know, for creative endeavors mm. or how can I use that in my everyday life? So, so much of what I do and coming to the breath work, it's about the living consciously. 
And yeah. so the, the thing is, it's about using this sexual energy, this energy that we have and consciously applying it to our life. That's what so much of my journey has been about, unlocking that within myself and now unlocking that within others as well. You guys are just fascinating. Like yeah. I just have so many questions right now. Like, because honestly, I think everyone needs these types of coaches. Like we all struggle so much with this. And I think there's so much value in this, but it's not mm-hmm. spoken about enough. Do you guys mm-hmm. feel that? Absolutely. Definitely. I feel like, uh, well, I guess our our bubble of life, it is spoken about a lot, yeah. but in, in general terms, not enough. Yeah. And, you know, this is this is something that has really been suppressed within us all mm. because it, it's our power. Yeah. It's yeah. our power, our, our sexuality, our sensuality. It's our fucking power. And that's yeah. the big shift that's happening right now within our world, uh, with our yeah. society, because so much of the suppression comes from keeping us small. Mm. So, so much of the suppression has come from religion. You know, so yeah. much of like sexual suppression, like, you know, feeling guilty about masturbation or, you know, um, sex outside of marriage, all of these things. And it's like, if we look back at ancient cultures, if we look back at the Egyptians, you know, so much of the ancient Egyptians practice Tantra as well, because they wow. realize this sexual energy is this is life force energy. It's, it's where we were created. Like we are created from sex yeah. exactly. and it has been so shunned upon. It's yeah. been so shunned upon, but it is life force energy. It is so much more than what it is perceived to be. Exactly. What like, society has. And it's been able to be aware of that and how to use that. So not to be overrun by this energy and this power, not to be controlled by it, but being able to use that in a healthy way. And that's what so much of our work is about, is like not suppressing our sexuality. There's been so much suppression Mm -hmm. of sexuality in our society today. And this is where I feel like so much of life, for me, I I work with a lot of brothers and I I have so much love um, in terms of bringing that awareness because there's there's so much, and I hear there's like toxic masculinity on mainstream Mm -hmm. media, and while I can understand where there's been abuse of masculine power, for me, it's something so close to my heart because I see all these brothers who just, you know, they're confused. They don't know what to do. They don't have that identity. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so much power in this. And I think that negativity only really occurs when there's resistance. Yeah. And so when we suppress our power, when we suppress our energy, then it can leak out in unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. So it's about how to cultivate that and how to bring that back into our truth and then how to express that in a healthy way. Wow. Yeah, I think there's definitely so much shame around sex. I've definitely felt it and it becomes this like inner struggle that you face and you're like, oh, but I want to be open. I'm embarrassed. And I think that's why you guys are so necessary because you're shining light upon it and you're so open that it makes people feel way more comfortable and way more comfortable than, you know, I mean, I've never seen a page on Instagram like both of your pages and it's empowering to see. I was fascinated at what you were saying, Sam, about how like you're very sexual and you have a lot of sexual energy and you've used that like channeled it for different ways because I find Mm. myself very like sexual and very high intense with that sort of stuff. And I found it fascinating how you use it for other stuff. Can you explain that? Like what you meant by that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this is something that's so important. This has been mm. such a such a journey in my life of like 
been open to that sexuality. And I think especially for us men, I mean, women, you've had it suppressed for such a long time. There's been yeah. so much control yeah. around that. And I feel like there's there's been this shift. There's been this movement, you know, and, it, and it's so beautiful to watch women now being more open and speaking into this. I think it's so powerful. Mm. But I'm seeing a bit of a knee-jerk reaction here and where now there's sort of a almost a suppression of the masculine energy and the masculine power. Mm. And so for me, when I when I see this, I think it's so important for us as men to not feel ashamed or guilty around having these sexual desires, Mm -hmm. but how to really express them in that healthy way. And so this is where a lot of our work and this is where a lot of my work with Tantra has come into, because I think, again, you know, we'll speak into this later, I'm sure, around porn, but like around how we're conditioned to what sex is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is massive. And, and I think this is here when we look at this and when we look at like sensuality and sexuality. So a, a lot of men in my experience, they think sex and they just think of this like, you know, like jackhammering and, it, and, it, and it's like it's, it's very sexual and it's, and it's almost it's done. And the way I describe this is that we look at the, the energy centers. And so we have this, you know, this beautiful heart center. And then we've got sort of our sexual center. This is more the sacral and the root. And when, when we do this, when we look at this, a lot of men in the past tend to have been a little bit more closed off in the heart mm-hmm. and, and more open sexually. Mm-hmm. And when women, t- and it's not all women or all men, but they, they tend to be the opposite. Where they have a bit more open in the heart. They need that emotional connection and they tend to be more closed sexually. Wow. And so a lot of the work in Tantra is about opening both of these channels. So for men, opening our hearts and having this flow of energy, like having this flow. And this is what we do is something called the microcosmic orbit within Tantra and then breathe into this energy. So for men and using this sexual energy that we have, but doing it from a space of having an open heart. Mm-hmm. And, and then we can start to channel this energy and then use it for, I mean, it, it's creation. creation, it's creative energy. Yeah. So it's like, you know, maybe you're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling like I want to go and have sex or whatever it might be. And then you can use that energy and you can channel it. A lot of this is through the breath and through moving that energy. And then you can put that energy into your creation, into creation. Like I'm sitting here with a, some DJ decks and, you know, and when we can put that into music yeah. uh, instead of like, you know, where, where a lot of guys, my defaults are like, Oh, I feel this surge of energy. I need it. I need it. I need to go and have a wank. No, I need to go watch some porn or, yeah. or something like that. And, and, they, and, and they waste that energy. And let yeah. that energy like out into the world rather than, Hey, let's like sublimate that energy and let's direct it into something else. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to be talking a lot about porn in relationships in this episode. Pre-meeting each other, did you both watch porn individually? Yeah, well, I personally was very conditioned through porn. Okay. I guess my whole experience with sex was revolved around porn from a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I think, where we're so passionate about it is because there is no education around sex. Mm. So my sexual education was porn, was pornography. Yeah. And my first sexual experience was at age 12. because I was so conditioned around that porn Mm. and finding out through that. And so for me, yeah, there has been a journey through the whole stages, like in regards to porn. Just before I met Sam, no, I wasn't currently watching porn. Your story is a little bit different, though, isn't it, my love? There was more of a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's An like... Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I like, coming back to, like, speak more word about before about this really sexual energy. 
and craving that, you know? And so it's like, for me, I've always had so much sexual energy, but then I'd be like, I'd, I'd be looking for an outlet for that. Yeah. Um, and that's where I would turn to porn. And for me, I guess I've, I've moved through so much in my life and I'm someone who I always see myself as like, like I don't have an addictive person, mm. you know? It's like, I just, for me, it's so I can just give anything up at the drop of a hat, no problem with virtually everything there was there was a time where i questioned if i was a sex addict like there was a time where i like, yeah. actually sought out like coaching and like around that and i yeah. and they're like no no that's good that's healthy you know that's yeah. that's uh, <laughs> you just got a lot of energy you know yeah. that's fine yeah. but porn i would say that porn has been the only thing i've really ever been addicted to in my life wow when you say addicted what are we talking to? like what do you mean by addiction so for me addiction on a on a very simple level and i, I work a lot with addiction with people with addictions but it's like when I would choose porn over something else that's better for me, you know? So it's like, I would, I would choose porn even when I knew it wasn't the right thing for, to do. So it might be, for example, I was, my mates wanted to catch up and I'm like, Oh no, I'm just going to stay at home and watch some porn and, you know, like okay. masturbate for a few hours or, you know, it was like to this point of like needing that pleasure. Like I was, I was chasing that pleasure and delving so deep into it, like delving into the, understanding what's happening chemically within the brain and like so it's like why we like fruit and why fruit are all different colors is because we like variety Mm. Mm -hmm. and so porn plays on this you know porn plays on this and that's like you know like having one tab open and opening another one and like you know like getting deeper into it and it's like oh that's boring now like I need to watch something else. And it's yeah. like, so this is this is what's it's happening. Like programming the brain to be stimulated, the body to be stimulated through something new. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is, there's so many different levels of like what's happening like with dopamine, um, what's happening with that release. And then, and then there is that pleasure, you know, mm. and it's like really connected. So uh, for me, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge issue before we met, but there was definitely times in my life and I was, when I was younger, especially, and I, there'll be times where I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's easier. Like I'm, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling horny and I could go out or I could just watch some porn, mm. you know, like, and, and so for me, a big part of it as well was because when I do connect with someone, there's a lot of uh, emotional connection. My background is like kind of like coming from that space of a wounded healer of not wanting to hurt people. Yeah. But it was, it was, especially when I was younger and I wasn't as conscious around the communication, I had that struggle sometimes where people would like really fall in love. And it was almost like porn was like, well, no one's going to fall in love with me. You know, yeah, like I can easier. just, like, yeah, it's easier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was like, for some people, I think it's more of like, oh, I could just do this because I don't have to go out and get it. But that wasn't really the issue I had. My issue was kind of like, you know, trying like having it, but then like having that distance from it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's something that's so, so common. I find this like, I'd say like 99% of my clients have had, some form of porn addiction. Well, look, let's jump in to all things porn and porn in relationships next. All right, Sam. So I feel like you've been saying a lot of stuff that resonate with me. And like, I just want to be completely honest and open here with you. So you said that you were addicted to porn in the past. I feel like I might be struggling myself because I normally have to wank once when I wake up in the morning once when I get home from work and then once before I go to sleep or else, like I was saying before, I feel real tense and I feel real like, yeah, like my energy and real anxious. I've even been called by some of my mates a sex addict and it's been thrown around a lot. I've thought about it as well myself so I can resonate with you on that. Like, do you have any tips or anything that like what I can do? 
Yeah, absolutely. What's happening here is we're looking for a release. Yeah, that, that's so there's, of course, there's the pleasure and that side of things and the variety, but but quite often, when, especially from, it sounds like from what you're saying, it, it's like the, it's like the ejaculation, it's the release and this, it's almost like escapism in a sense, yeah. because you're, you're, you're getting relief, you know, you're getting relief from everything else. Like you said, it's like this, this O face, you know, this yeah. close to God. Yeah. And so your, your mind is switching off and, and often, so often what's happening here, it can, it can be a, a number of things. And this is why, again, why the breath is so important and the breath work. But so, so much of our work and what we do is around working with emotions and understanding emotions. And so quite often what's happening here and what we've experienced in our society today is there's been a lot of suppression of emotion, especially for the masculine. Mm. And especially in Australian culture, like I, I had the benefit of, of yeah, traveling around the world for eight years. I lived in, in Germany for quite some time. And I was in Europe. So I, I got to experience different cultures and, and how things were. I was, I was 23 when I left Australia. And a big part of the reason I left Australia was due to kind of not really feeling like, like feeling like something was missing, mm-hmm. feeling like I didn't really fit in. You know, a lot of my friendships were based around, it was like, you know, going out talking about girls, you know, like talking about the footy, you know, like it was, and it was all like a lot of banter and, but they were, I was, I was lacking like this deeper connection. Yeah. Um, and and I, I sort of found that a bit more in Europe where guys are a bit more open and it was, it was a different way of, of framing things. So I feel like in, a, in Australia, especially in, a, in a, a lot of other cultures, uh, there's this idea of masculinity, this idea of like the, the macho man, the man who, who doesn't cry, who doesn't mm. feel because that's what strength is and men should be strong, you know? And, and, and it's like coming back to, yeah, there was a time for millennia and I've, I've had these flashbacks of like axe in hand and the battlefield and like there wasn't really a time and space for emotion. Like, oh, I don't want to hack my brother now. Like then you're dead. So yeah. th- th- there was really a, a time for suppressing emotions. Yeah. But that's what sort of led to almost it's stunted our evolution of this suppression of emotion. Yeah. And so what's happening quite often then is that we're looking for an escape. So when these emotions come up, we actually don't want to face them. We don't want to go into that because it can be, it can be painful or it can be uncomfortable. And so what we're doing then quite often is we're looking for an escape. We're looking, how can I avoid feeling this thing? Wow. And that's where, that's where a lot of men are then turning to sex or to porn. So they're suppressing their emotions and they're looking for something they can be distracted with. It's interesting you say that because yeah. Matt and I were on a TV show and Matt was actually quite heavily bullied by the Australian public for showing emotion and crying a lot. And it wasn't accepted. And I think even like in the past two years, people have become more open, more accepting. But it's interesting hearing you say that because that was my immediate like reaction to that. Yeah, Yeah. I was always taught to like show my emotions, like wear my heart on my sleeve and not be ashamed of it. So yeah, yeah, I went on national television and cried and I copped heaps of slack for it. But I, what I, sorry, sorry that you experienced that. Well, how I found the best way to deal with it was I owned it. I was like, that's me. That's who I am. I have no shame in it. I cry Mm. all the time. That's who I am. Take it or leave it, baby. Love that. Love that. Authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Authenticity. This is like authenticity is sexy. Yeah. It's like someone who's being themselves and owning that rather than trying to fit into the mold. Yeah. Yeah. Really honoring you in that, brother. Yeah. A lot of respect, brother. Thanks, guys. Yeah. That's just me. 
Okay, so when did you guys first start discussing porn in your relationship? Because you mentioned before, Haley, you weren't watching porn actively at the time when you guys first met. Sam, you were. How did that conversation come up? And kind of if you could explain the evolution of stopping watching porn. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I think even by the time we were to like by that stage of us meeting, like I'd done so much work on myself where I'd actually overcome that addiction. So right. it was something that I'd, I'd already moved through myself mm-hmm. quite some time before. So it's kind of like in context when I thought I was addicted to porn, it was quite some time before that, but there was, there was still definitely some overhang of that, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. I was still occasionally watching porn yeah. when we met. I mean, like I said, it was just because it was a, it was such a habit. It, it was a habit and it was just, yeah, sometimes it was easier than going through any sort of emotional uh, conflict that I might experience when I was like saying to women, like, I'm, you know, I'm not really interested in a, a partnership or a relationship, but ultimately with porn, the first time we spoke about it, I mean, I don't think it was, a, I don't think it was really straight away. Like, No, it definitely wasn't. It came up because we spent that night apart and you said that you watch porn and yeah. that was when the conversation came about. Yeah. Okay. And that was probably a few months in. Yeah. A few months in before we spent a night. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and how did you feel about that, Haley, when you did spend a night apart and you knew that Sam had watched porn? Yeah. Like for me, I feel like porn has been, it's like this tunnel vision of what sex is. Yeah. It's a very small, minute part of what sex is. And for me, it really kind of puts down the feminine in a way. I opened this discussion with him that it felt to me like, although we hadn't spoken about it, so it wasn't a boundary that had been crossed. But for me, I realized that it was a boundary of mine, mm. that I don't want you spending any energy on this like on other people's sexual energy I don't want you receiving that I don't want you yeah being involved in that because and and that I realized in that moment that's that became my boundary because it didn't feel good how did that feel for you Sam hearing that that was now becoming a boundary in your relationship for sure it was definitely it it was a paradigm shift for me so even though my views on porn, like I, I never really thought it was healthy. I didn't think it was going to say so bad earlier, but I never thought it was really good. And and so, so much of my experience was already that idea around porn not seen as, as, a, as a great thing. But all of a sudden, like I had never, ever in my life considered porn to be cheating. You know, yeah. like I, I never, that, that had not come into my field at all. I'm, I'm just watching porn. Like, yeah. what, what, what do you mean? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sleeping with someone else. Like, and I, I think so that for me, was a, a paradigm shift of how I viewed porn. And even though I'd done so much work, and I remember working when I was doing my tantric facilitation, working like with my, my, my guru, and he was, he was always like, no porn. Porn is terrible. Like, do not go near porn. Wow. You know? And I think it's like, for me, when I look at porn, and I see it, like the fact that porn is free, you know, the fact that porn is free, if you're not paying for it, then you're the product, you know? Yeah. And, and this is like, think about like, you got a subscription for Netflix, you got a subscription for, for all of these things. But the fact that porn is so readily available online, you know, that, that for me is straight away a bit of a red flag. There is and, a premium and, subscription. 
Unless, yeah, unless, unless you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. when I wanted to watch a video and it's like sign off and I'm like, well, yeah, exactly. it's free. Exactly. <laughs> or, or, of course, you know, like OnlyFans now. Yeah. And, you know, so there's, there's different there's different sides of that. Yeah. But I think ultimately for me, it was, it was a paradigm shift in terms of even though I'd done that work of understanding sexual energy and like when I'm having sex with someone, sure, there's an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was another layer which unraveled for me of like going, oh, yeah, that's that's actually true. Like, And even though I was watching more, because I am so empathetic and I feel people so intensely, like my, the porn I was watching was not just your run-of-the-mill mainstream porn. It was like, I, I can't watch porn. Like, I, I for, for me at least, I, I can really tell when a woman's actually enjoying it. Yeah. And I can't watch porn if she's not enjoying it. Like, I, I, I have to feel that she <laughs> wants that whatever's happening yeah um, so i think a lot of porn is not necessarily uh <laughs> falling under that category um no so, so, so i say even though like the porn i was watching wasn't necessarily completely unconscious or mainstream porn but even then to realize that yeah if i'm watching porn even if it's conscious porn it's still an energy exchange right it, it's still something that i'm experiencing and even even if i'm not physically having sex with someone there's still an exchange of energy. So just to clarify, in both of your relationship, you would classify watching porn as cheating. This is a good one. Um, <laughs> and we, we've discussed this at length. And I, I guess ultimately, again, it comes back to those boundaries that we set. And because we hadn't had conscious communication around this at all, yeah, it certainly wasn't something that was perceived as, as cheating. No. And I think even when we speak about this, it's not necessarily cheating but it's the conscious understanding of for example if Hayley doesn't like me watching porn then that's something that I need to honor and respect and if I'm doing something that she doesn't like me doing then you know what's what's actually going on there what's what's deep behind that yeah I personally don't consider it to be cheating but it's also a deeper level of understanding of what's actually involved in watching porn and that in that exchange of energy. Haley, do you feel like Sam watching porn is cheating? If there is a boundary in place where we've discussed it mm. and he then goes beyond that boundary, I wouldn't call it cheating, but it's definitely a boundary that's been crossed. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Because, is it because he's watching other naked women? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and I guess it's what well, we spoke about as well. It's like, if I'm watching porn, it's like, what am I? What is missing what's within missing? the relationship? Yeah. And that's deeper. That's where we go deeper. Yeah. Because there's something missing in this container if you need to find that fulfillment outside of our container. And this is where we need to be first. So say that a couple, uh, one of the partner doesn't like the other one watching porn, but their sexual energies don't link up at the same what do I say? Vibration. Libido. Libidos are the exact yeah. same. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you suggest then for instead of watching porn? Because there's obviously like one of them needs to get off, but the other one doesn't as much. What can you implement then into the relationship? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Multifaceted. It is very multifaceted. Yeah. Look, I mean, first of all, it, it is about like really delving deeper into what those sexual urges are and going on your own journey. But two, 100%, if two people's libidos don't match up and someone is wanting to come into that pleasure more often than the other, well, then, yeah, there is nothing wrong with self-pleasure. Yeah. There okay. is 100%. I'm an advocate for self-pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Right? So, yeah, there would be then using your imagination. Yeah. yeah. I think it's as well, it's like 
the first thing I would suggest, like, like how says, like looking at what's the root cause, you know, like what's actually behind it. So why is there actually a discrepancy in libido or mm. is there more going on behind that where perhaps your partner isn't in her truth where she's dealing with things where she actually has a sexual higher libido than she's, you know, actually expressing or like we said before of where maybe the other partner, like the, the man in this example is maybe then distracting or using that, you know, as leverage for something else. So I think it's like first and foremost, delving deeper into finding out where is the discrepancy with the libido? Yeah. Is there one mm. or, or is yeah. there more of a, like an emotional, like, does the partner maybe perhaps have some sort of trauma around sex where she doesn't feel fully open and free? Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And what I just wanted to actually say about that is if a woman's heart isn't open, her sex center is not going to be open. Exactly. So, and that's where the discrepancy can take place because it's like more easier for men to get aroused and turned on without their heart open. Mm. So if there is a is misalignment within that sexual container of the libido, one being low and one being higher, I'd be looking at, is this woman actually being open in the heart space is yep. this woman is she actually getting turned on mm-hmm. first and foremost through her heart yep. through the love does she feel are you safe? taking time does she feel safe are you taking time to actually explore the sexual container in a deeper way not just like hey yep wham bam thank you ma'am i got one off yeah, yeah. It, like, of yeah. course there's going to be a sexual yeah. discrepancy there exactly if- is, is your focus on like you said is it is that focus on the, uh, end, result. the end result on the orgasm and releasing and getting off or is the focus actually on her connection. pleasure and, and that connection? Look, there's a lot of people, I think, in our society that would probably disagree with you guys. I actually can't think of anyone I know that doesn't watch porn. And I don't know if that's my circle, who knows? But I'm just saying, I think like everyone I know watches porn. But what you guys are saying is so almost profound. Like I think I've just never really thought of porn as an energy exchange because it's a screen and screens like there's a disconnection yeah what would you say to people who disagree with you and think that porn is part of a healthy relationship first and foremost is like a caveat is like yeah this is definitely just our opinion and it's like everything we say is just the way we think about things and I think such an important thing is that everybody's entitled to their own opinion (laughs) and you know I think this is why there's been so many problems in our world today of like this ego of like I'm right you're wrong totally Uh, um, so first and foremost I think that's just really and and it's because I you know we we are both very passionate I'm very passionate about the way I think about things yeah but it's also with full disclosure that this is just my opinion yeah Um, and it's not gospel by any stretch of the imagination for me of that understanding is like I honestly now with my my level of understanding and research and delving deeper into it mm. is like I honestly think porn is a weapon I think okay. porn is a weapon against masculinity especially and it's almost like I almost see it as like almost like a weapon might be hard but almost like a test of like how can the masculine evolve to not take what's just there on offer and to do the more challenging work and rather to take the easy option. Yeah. And so that's for me is mm-hmm. one, like just understanding of what's happening chemically to the body in terms of the the release of the chemicals, the pleasure, the variety and all of these things. So it's like- It's kind of teaching us. It, exactly. So it's like understanding on top of the energy exchange of top of like the relationship that then builds between the masculine and the feminine collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a- all of these opinions, it, it, these have come based on quite a lot of research and, and, and deep understanding and exploration. So 
first and foremost, that's kind of why I think porn is unhealthy. And there's a, there's a number of reasons why. For me personally, I think there, there's not space for it in my life. Mm. And that, that's for me personally. That's not to say that you can't have a healthy relationship with porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm. and that's not. Especially conscious porn. Exactly. Like the- to see the whole picture, to see what, what sex really is, what lovemaking really is, what pleasure really is. How do you think porn is affecting our society? Like obviously you guys have your own clients. Do you see a lot of fractured relationships? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think a big one is like unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like painting that picture of what pleasure is mm-hmm. like, you know, have you ever just been in a relationship where the sex is just like jackhammer, let's go. Yep. Done. Get it off. Yeah. Like that time and place, time and place, but- time and place, time <laughs> and place like, yes, like, love it hard and fast, yeah. but not if there's no like heart involved, mm-hmm. you know, like, exactly. and, and, and that's like, <laughs> It's the understanding of having that open heart and then the animal can come And that it actually takes a woman like at least 45 minutes to really warm up, like really be able to reach these fucking orgasmic states. It takes a while. Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, that's just the clit orgasm. I can do that in a second. But when we're (laughs) talking about G-spot and cervical orgasm, it's a whole other story. And and I think it's like also understand that it's it's everyone's individual. Everyone is individual. But what porn actually does is it paints this really narrow vision around what sex is. Mm. Do you have any tips for our listeners who have listened to you guys and they're just like, oh, my God, I want to have a sex life <laughs> like Haley and Sam. How can people spice things up in the bedroom, make things more intimate? You know, I know this is a big one, but, like, have more open-hearted sex and really, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's um, actually really simple. I think it's it's actually about listening. Mm. Okay. You know, I think it's about really opening the space to have conscious communication mm-hmm. and, and to ask our partner what they want and, and to really listen to that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think this is where, you know, my, my dad always said we have two ears and one mouth and to, to use them in that ratio. And and I think especially around something like sex because there has been so much taboo or, you know, and people aren't necessarily really opening that conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where so much like the, the sexual work of Tantra is about, like before we connected, before we we kissed, we kissed. Mm. but before oh, we, we but before we had sex there's a ritual that that we go through and, and it's like a, it's like a ceremony almost where we really speak into our boundaries and our desires mm-hmm. like what we like and what we want and it's to understand that everyone is so different yeah you know, like we're all so different especially especially women mm-hmm. um with yeah. with how you are turned on with what you do like and it's like you, you could be with one woman who just loves loves this and then the next one's like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i couldn't agree more with that i honestly <laughs> i couldn't agree more and then especially yeah. like you go off like body language and mannerisms and then some women don't give you that and you're sort of like well what the what it, fuck do i do how do i get exactly this? And, and not and not all men have necessarily nurtured and developed their emotional intelligence to a stage high enough where they can tune into the body language and and so this is why it's like there's a great book called the um the four, four agreements. agreements the four agreements and they they talk a one a big one about this is talking about not making assumptions and even even when we're there where we're like yeah i i think or i feel like you like this Mm. but it's to be really clear about that it's Mm -hmm. like do you like this Mm -hmm. yeah like is this something you enjoy because Mm -hmm. maybe 
because you know this maybe is the ma- way we've been conditioned for women is just to bend over make a certain sound oh do i look good okay he's having fun it's all good yeah and, mm. and exactly like faking orgasms or things like this so that they and this this ability to then change that situation so i think it's it comes back to listening and and really clear communication conscious communication yeah. is the grounds to everything, to everything and especially to better sex and and and, and speaking your truth speaking your truth like you know yeah. this is what i like this is what i don't like and yeah. then we can go into the realms of self-pleasure for women and how important it is to actually know what we like and know what we want yeah, yeah. know yeah. what we desire know what turns us on yeah. because it isn't just what porn has told us yeah and, and for men as well yeah. to develop that relationship with their with their bodies with themselves yeah you know, to, to really understand that it's, be in be in union with your cock exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 not I say, just letting but, the cock tell the but, story but, but, my, my, my work the, the, the prime of my work is connecting the heart to the cock you know like that's like having that relationship and to realize that yeah this it is a powerful tool Yes. I mean, most men, we love our cock, Um, but it's like having that healthy relationship. But who's in control? Yeah, exactly. And there was a time where- You are the cock. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the blood flowing? So, And it's it's about having that healthy relationship within the self, first and foremost, like really nurturing and developing that relationship. And it's like, I've met so many men who have, yeah, because of porn, they've then got insecurities about the size of their their dick, you know? Yeah. and it's like you can be you can be hung like a horse and still have that you know you can still be like oh but it's not it, it could be bigger you know and, it's, and then it's understanding like that's not all it's about yeah like yes it's not. Some, some some women maybe they like that but not all yeah. you know and it's like understand we're all so individual and we're all so unique and yeah. and taking that step back because that's what I find I, I what I've really noticed in a lot of my clients as well as that experience of insecurity and what that leads to because so much of sex. It is happening up here. Like so much of it is creating that safe space. So much of it is like not, well, not being up here. So not thinking about these things, but being fully in the body and yeah. being comfortable who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and that is the, that is one of the main things that porn has conditioned us is that it is just about the end result. Yeah. You know, it's not about the journey. Yeah. It's about getting somewhere. And, and that's so and reflective that's, of life. And that is, and yeah, totally. is, yeah. yeah. but that is also why women do things like fake orgasm because porn tells the man that if the woman doesn't have an orgasm, he hasn't done his job. Yeah. So that is where women are like, okay, I don't want my partner to feel bad. So I'm just going to fake it in this moment. And then we end up in this cycle of neither of us really being satisfied and exactly it's because then someone is afraid to speak their truth be like actually what you're doing there it isn't good yeah <laughs> i just want you to finish <laughs> so we can so we can stop this so that they instead they they lie so again they fake something and they lie and they're not enjoying it and and to, to so they can finish so again yeah. conscious communication conscious communication that like so like look you know that's that's cute but please no you know like uh, but really having this really creating that safe space and this is like even before and like like we said before we connected of of dropping into that and speaking around these things about what are what what do we like Mm. what don't we like what are the boundaries Mm. and And then like experimenting as well and like you know for a couple that has never you know been in a love temple or uh, understands this kind of work you know, create the space, 
like have candles, like, you know, maybe have some, some pleasure toys where it's like feathers and, you know, other means before just penetration, you know, what else can you bring in to bring pleasure in? Because it's not just about the, the sex. Mm. It's about the whole experience. So how can we be in more pleasure throughout the whole time? Yeah. I I love what you say here, just about the senses as well. Mm. You know, like this, this is important. How to make sex better. Focus on the senses, candles, soft, lighting sound nice music like diffusers good smell like these things the senses are important and guys just to bring it back to balance every time sam and i have sex it is not always a love temple and candles and you know sometimes it is a quickie in the kitchen and that's fucking hot yeah it's hot as fuck but it's the balance we have a lot of female listeners and I know, like, as you said, Haley, a lot of women get stuck in their own head during sex, whether that's I need to suck in my stomach, I don't want to show cellulite, you're doing so much to please. I know for me, when I was younger and I used to have sex, I couldn't orgasm until I finally learned to get out of my head and then it was like a piece of cake. But how do women start that journey of getting out of their head during sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big one. It is a big one. Yeah. But the first step would be coming into their own self-pleasure practice. And when I work with any woman, it's always about, do you have a self-pleasure practice? Okay. Or is it just masturbation? You know, are you just rubbing one out, getting it off like yeah. a lot of people are? So it's coming back into sex as an entire experience and knowing your body, mm. knowing what turns you on, right? And it's about coming out of the mind and into the body. Yeah. So we have to do that first and foremost with ourselves because like we said, everything is an external reflection of the internal world. So first of all, yeah, coming into that space of self-pleasure within yourself, yeah. 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 And then it could even be a conversation as well with a partner. Like, hey, this is my history. I feel like I'm in my head a lot. I worry about what I look like. I'm worried about how I'm sounding. And this is something that's really alive for me. And I I, I want to, I want to work on this. Can we work on this together? Love and then your that. partner's on board and your partner knows, okay, baby. Yeah, I can feel that you're in your head right now. Just relax. Yeah. Like that's when yeah. it comes into this beautiful union of of healing together. Yeah. You don't have to do it on your own. It's about being conscious about what is going on internally for you and then communicating that with your with your beloved. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and I guess that just comes back to holding space for each other and being mm-hmm. able to... Communicate, yeah. make a safe yep. space for you guys to chat about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and not being scared to speak your truth. The power of vulnerability. Yeah. You know, this, is, this is one that you're always honing on about, that, you know, vulnerability is connection. You know? Yeah. yeah. Once, once we let down, like, let down the armor, let down the defenses, like, we're safe. You know, we're mm. here, we feel we feel safe, where there's trust. Then, one, like, it's the opening. And this is what I think, especially for men to understand, as well as women, but it's like, to really understand, it's like, it's, it's not just the opening, it's, the emotional opening. Mm. Like there's there's the energetics of this. It's not just the penis and the vagina. You know, this is not sex. This yeah. is this element of sex, mm-hmm. but there's an energetic side of when you penetrate, when you enter into someone, there's an emotional connection as well. Mm-hmm. And so for them to be open, it's like, I mean, yeah, a, a woman can be turned on, she can be wet, all of these things, 
but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's open from the space of the heart, that she's emotionally ready and available. Mm. And once we can have that connection, once, once she is, then we can really get into the fun. Then, then it's enlightenment. Then, yeah, then, then, it's, then it's talking to God. You know, then, then, I just I think it's just important for, for, for men there to understand that because I think a lot of men in the past have had this like negative attachment to emotions. But it's like this is this is a beautiful thing. This is it's all one. It's all part of the process. And the more we can be open to emotions, the more pleasure there's going to be on a physical side as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all linked. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you so like from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Yeah, this it's- has been the most powerful episode we've ever had. I have learned so much, Matt, I'm yeah. sure. It's been amazing. <laughs> I've actually like opened my eyes to a lot of things. I've while you've been sitting here talking, I've just been like thinking about stuff ticking. I don't know if you could see in my face. I've just been like <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, they're definitely speaking some truths here. Yeah. yeah. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you again for coming on. It's been amazing and we hope to talk to you again soon. Appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thank you, thank guys. You. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, sending so much love. Tell uh, me this. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, this conversation was too good. We only expected to do one part, but we've had to divide it into two separate parts because it's been so eye-opening. So in part two, we're going to talk all things jealousy in relationships. I know this is a huge one. It's a huge one for me. So we're going to dive into that in the next episode. Until next time. Bye. Bye.